Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a, another episode of The Corner Store. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. I'm excited to introduce our guest and talk with our guest. I want to encourage you to give us a follow on the internets. Uh, it's at cornerstore underscore pod on IG and Twitter. Also, we have a Patreon account. Make sure you drop in some dollars so we could pay people to uh, work at the corner store because we value people's labor and we want to make sure that they are taken care of and the snacks are covered and all these things. It's patreon.com backslash cornerstore underscore pod. Today, we have a force of nature, someone who uh, I don't know how she does it all. Uh, it seems just from a distance that you are a overly productive person who refuses to sleep. So hopefully, uh, you know, I, I, I want you to get some sleep so you could persevere. And, and but so I'm curious about the elixirs and uh, the magic formula formula it takes to do all of what you do. Um, we have Tanya Lozano, who's in the building, the founder of Healthy Hood, a dancer, community organizer, someone who cares deeply about the integrity of communities and is working very hard to preserve culture and community in the city of Chicago and beyond. Tanya, welcome to The Corner Store. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I'm, I'm really excited to chat before we begin. Uh, Max, the snack door has secured you. Some snacks out the corner store. I think he was definitely uh, trying to keep in mind that uh, you perhaps, uh, I imagine, are maybe a health-conscious person. So Max has gotten you a Tazo Giant Peach Green Tea and Peach Flavored Juice Blend. Nice. Hope you uh, like that. And um, Max, oh yeah, Max, what did you say about these uh, this snack here? You said it was... Uh, what about Max also got you some beer nuts, uh, but they're cashews, the unique sweet and salty taste. But what did you, what did you say about it? Oh, it's the healthiest option, not the corner <laughs> store. Fair. Oh, healthy hood, healthy hood, healthy corner store. Yeah. I was wondering whether the snack was gonna be an ode to the healthy or the hood. You know what I mean? Like right. it could have been flaming hot. True. Well, I, I think that's what the beer. That's what you said. The, the beer nuts are an ode to both. Right. Gotcha. It's the healthy hood. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um. But but welcome and thank you so much for for joining us today. Uh, just let, let's hop in. Uh, what what is um healthy hood? Healthy Hood was founded about three years ago, but it's really kind of uh, a baby of um, a larger organization called the Youth Health Service Corps that I founded with my sister about seven years ago. Um, So the Youth Health Service Corps really is um, the one that or the organization that's tackling this 20 year life expectancy gap that exists in Chicago between communities of color and affluent communities. Um, and so we call it five plus one equals 20. There's five diseases that cause that life expectancy gap. I'm sure you could guess them. Plus one lifestyle change equals 20 years of life. So we're in about 21 different CPS and alternative schools in the city of Chicago. We have about 1500 members, student members of our organization at that learn about these diseases and the disparities. And they also get certified to screen for those diseases so 7th through 12th graders can take your blood pressure your blood sugar and then they're supposed to find 10 people in their family or in their community and they're supposed to do those pre-screenings um the plus one is a lifestyle change right so after a few years of being in the youth health service corps and trying to give that responsibility to students in like developing these lifestyle like plans for their family members we realized that not even doctors do that like they don't learn preventative measures they learn how to treat people when they're already sick and we were expecting these students to do that but we realized very 
very rapidly that we needed to come up with a game plan like where are we going to provide these lifestyle coaches and fitness classes and stuff that are affordable to the community because we found down the line that you know these preventative measures really are a privilege in this country healthcare in general is a privilege in this country and certainly we do not think in terms of preventative care in, in western medicine really at all exactly what is that lifestyle shift um, it, it has a lot to do with obviously like staying in shape and changing your, you know, nutrition and things like that. But I think what we've come to the realization down the line is that, uh, there's a lot of trauma in our communities that need to be dealt with. So we're now we're t- really trying to tackle the issue of mental health because it's hard to even think about your physical health. And then even sometimes like people prioritize their physical health and they, they're real like, you know, fit but they still like super mentally ill, you know, and a lot. And I think working in the fitness um, world for so long, I realized that some of the best personal trainers are dealing with a lot of like mental illnesses. So now we're really starting to tackle these like areas of trauma, because obviously if you live in an underserved community, you deal with a ton of trauma. And you guys have a space. Yes. In Pilsen. Right. And we have another one opening up in Hermosa. And then we have a satellite community garden in the North Lawndale area. That's amazing. Um, Where can people, as we're talking, where can people be in tune with what you're doing? And also, where is the the space in Pilsen? Yeah. So the studio in Pilsen that's open right now is on Damon in 22nd place. So that's like right off of Cermak. Um, And then you could always find out about us on Instagram, HealthyHoodShy, or our website, HealthyHoodShy.com. Okay. And if people want to stay in tune with all of what you're doing, are you going to... I guess you don't have to but plug my personal account. Yeah, if you want at underscore Tanya Lozano. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like definitely a lot of work stuff on there, but there's a lot of other stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and in the space in Pilsen, it seems like you guys are doing a lot of different kinds of classes uh, that is open to a lot of different kinds of people. Right. What are some of the things that you have going on in the space uh, this this fall? This fall. Wow. Um, So we have anywhere from 17 to 21 classes that we offer a week there. Um, So there's definitely those. There's everything from like trap yoga to meditation to cardio kickboxing to heels class, all these other things. Right. Um, But what we what we really try to do is to develop programming that are specific to certain demographics and so this summer we did a ton of stuff but coming up just in a couple weeks we have the Hefa's brunch which is going to be our second one where we bring women of color that are either entrepreneurs or kind of like corporate bosses Hefa's is just a spanish word for a spanish boss uh woman boss so we bring them all together um to share resources and just like network and stuff but really to figure out a plan to start to contribute back to the communities that they come from and so that's coming up and then um, we have we're launching a new campaign called get your mind right so get your mind right is we're get we're we're bringing together a bunch of volunteer uh, therapists psychiatrists people who do reiki i mean any kind of like contributors to mental health right um to volunteer to donate at least one session a week so if we could get a hundred of these volunteers to donate a session a week we'd have a hundred sessions to give out to the community for five dollars because everything we offer at healthy hood is five dollars i don't know if i said that but that's a good plug wow yeah every class every single class every event five dollars yep 
That's $5. A- it's been that way for three years and it's wow. never increased and we don't plan to. Um, so yeah. Uh, so get your mind right. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it. I'm teaming up with Paulina Rowe from uh, Kiss FM. And so we're get- getting together all of these therapists. We're really trying to break the stigma because in black and Latino communities in specific, man, people just don't. Number one, acknowledge that they have mental health issues. Number two, they don't really know what they are, and they definitely don't have access to those resources. So that's what we're trying to do with this. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot easier than we think to fill those spots. Oh, to, I think a lot of people, people want to go to therapy. Like, absolutely. I want to go to therapy. Yes. But I can't afford it, you right. know? So this is going to be a really special program or campaign, and I hope that it expands and we can offer it in different locations as well but for right now it'll be in the pilsen and hermosa locations Bet. all right so let's take a breath yeah uh because <laughs> you do a lot how, how did you come into this kind of community-centered focused work yeah so um a little bit about myself i guess right yeah. um uh, My parents are both activists. My father was in the Black Panther Party. He was also a senior advisor on the Harold Washington campaign, first African-American mayor of Chicago. Um, My uncle is Rudy Lozano. If you know anything about Chicago, you know, libraries and schools and all that named after my uncle. And he was big in uh, immigrant worker rights, um, also super close to Mayor Harold Washington. And a big organizer bringing black and brown communities together, too, which is probably the reason why he was assassinated. That's exactly why he was assassinated. Yeah, he was assassinated in 83. Um, My mom is Emma Lozano. If you know anything about Emma Lozano, she really picked up that torch that after my uncle I don't know that that's your mom. I know I've been around your mom a bunch, and she's an incredible, incredible organizer and caretaker and community steward and speaker and, yeah, you know, big spark footsteps, plug. Yeah, no shit, for real. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so she's still, she's, she's 65. Yeah. She's still running and gunning, That's you right. know, like she's still doing, she's out here literally lobbying to get an immigration reform bill uh, introduced in the Congress. Um, so... That's my mom. That's my uncle. My dad was in the party. Um, and so I kind of just grew up around activists. I went and then I went to Pedro Albizu Campos High School, founded by jo, uh, Jose Lopez, Oscar Lopez. Um, he was a Puerto Rican political prisoner. Yeah. Uh, he just recently got released. Yeah. He's also my godfather from my quinceanera. And so I just been around um, activism for a long time, but I was also an athlete. Uh, I played basketball my whole life. Ah. Played in college a couple years. You North play? Central College, okay. Naperville. All right. Are you, and, um, are you nice? Not no more. Okay. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm not in practice. Yeah. It's so funny, you know, because basketball was like my life at one point. I have the Jumpman tattooed on my arm, actually. But yeah, like I don't even think about it anymore. It's weird. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it was really like that was what it was. Like I was in basketball so i was always active and when i went from going to i went to a lot of high schools but i ended up graduating from albisu campus i got kicked out for organizing walkouts and things like that from other schools and those schools were like hell no yeah one the primarily the the jesuit school i went to was like nah definitely you know (laughs) y'all supposed to be liberals but no they were not having it so um yeah so when i went i played basketball at juarez which is the community school in pilsen Pilsen, yeah um, and so when I went to college, North Central College of all colleges is a 92% white school, right? And so it was I, a bit of a culture shock. Huge culture shock. Yeah. And, you know, my dad was in the Black Panther Party, but he's a white man. And so... Um, What's your pop's name? Slim Coleman. Yo, I, that's your dad? <laughs> Wait, so when I told him I was coming here, he was like, oh... 
wait, let me make sure I'm thinking of the right guy. So we Wikipedia you yeah. uh, together. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, no. I know this guy. Yeah. Oh, I know this yeah. guy. No, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, Slim Coleman's a legend in Chicago. Indeed. Yo. Indeed. Yeah. Like I tell Both people. Your folk, I can't. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. This is amazing. Yeah. So. you have, Yeah. You have. You, it's It's Chicago royalty, your stock. And so those are also giant footsteps to fill. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> no, you're doing it. I mean, you're doing it. It makes sense now that you've, you know, now that I know some of the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely doing it. Yeah. But also now it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this comes from There's a some fire under line. my booty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. Well, yeah. please tell everybody I say hello. And, I will. Yeah, I, I definitely will. both your folks very much, very yeah, deeply. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're amazing people. Yes. Um, and they're really like involved in everything that I do. They're super, super supportive. Um, but I chose health, you know, like I could have chose immigration, which is what they both work in. Uh, my dad, this, we're celebrating actually 60 years of him being in the struggle. Um, this, not this Sunday, next Sunday. So he was in the civil rights movement. He was in electing Harold. Like he was really devoted his life to the black community for a long time. But for the last 20 years, he's been in the immigration movement with my mom. Central Sin Fronteras. Yeah. 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 So, man, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, but uh, when I went to college, I realized just even in like sports, the just inequity. Like, I went from playing CPS basketball where I didn't even know taping your ankles was a thing. Like, mm. I didn't know getting ice was a thing, buddy stretching. Nobody would, there was never an athletic trainer at our games nor our practices. We didn't have nothing like practice uniforms and so forth. And then I went to North Central and they had this whole beautiful program there where there was somebody taping you up before every practice, icing you after every practice, making sure you were right, you know, making sure you're not injured, checking for concussions and so forth. So I was just like, man, this health stuff is like it's super like um discreet but it's a real major inequity in this country in general but specifically in chicago because we're so segregated you can really see it you know what i mean so um so then i was like yeah look, how, what do i do to contribute and so i went back at that my dad had already become a pastor at um in pilsen so we had a, a church in pilsen which is where healthy hood is right now mm. um but this was like 10 years ago so when I was in college, I just started teaching Zumba for a dollar. That's how I started. In the church? In the church. Okay. And so... Zumba, um, though. Zumba. So okay. that's when Zumba was first getting started. Right. It was a thing. It's still a thing, okay, which listen, is really, no, like, surprising respect. to yeah, me, but it, it's still a thing. But at that time, there was no Zumba classes in my neighborhood. And so I was the first. I had... I have pictures. Like, I had, like, 60 ladies who came to my Zumba class three times a week. And they paid a dollar and I was making a little bit of money while I was in college and I was, you know, contributing something to my community where there were there was nothing like that going on. And so I was like, there's something to this. Um, and so the concept of healthy hood started to come about, which was that we could provide income to community members if they were able to provide some of these services, but also provide services, obviously, to the people who didn't have access to them. And so that's how our model works. Like there's an 80-20 rule in our studio, which is like the instructors keep 80% of their profits and they donate 20 to the organization, to the sustainability of our organization. And what happens is the majority of our instructors are people of color. And if you, f if you actually do the statistics in fitness, the majority of fitness professionals are people of color. But they who they're providing services to are not people of color right because it's a privilege you have yeah. to be able to afford it it's expensive to get a trainer to get yo soul cycles like 
to go to a drop in there it's like it's like over 30 40 dollars or something like this ridiculous right so but so some of these instructors are working they they obviously work with us but they work in these other gyms too to have a life you know to so they like they work at equinox they work at export they work at soul cycle they work at these different places the mo- the most they get paid in those places 35 45 dollars an hour Right. So get this at Healthy Hood, even though we only charge five dollars, they make way more at Healthy Hood than they do at those studios, which I'm so proud to say because I was in that world and I know how hard it is because you're teaching to you're not teaching to your people. You're not making a lot of money and you're running all over the place teaching these classes, you know, and it's really draining. So Healthy Hood really like the concept really made sense. And because we were working out of a church, we didn't have a whole lot of overhead. So it made sense for us. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of like why I got into activism in like the health realm. And and how did you get into from from basketball? How did you get into to dance? Yeah. I, you know, I still have a hard time calling myself a dancer. I but always definitely be, I definitely dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I definitely right. dance now. I my my counterparts right like at, at the studio are like you got to stop saying that you're definitely a dancer you're definitely a dancer I'm right like, and appreciate that. choreographer and, yeah 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 right. i choreograph uh christine's yeah, uh, yeah king, king marie's yeah. complex yeah which was fire stuff. Yeah. yeah thank you appreciate it um but yeah so um i danced i was always like dancing but i never like took it seriously i never took any classes or anything like that but like at the high school dances there was always like a circle around me and I would always be like getting down and like at Juarez, like everybody would be hyping me up and stuff. So, and I would just learn from like watching 106 and Park, like watching MTV music videos and stuff like that. And being a Chicago kid, was it hip hop, house, a mix of everything? Like where, where were you, how were you coming up in terms of what you were hearing? Yeah, I, you know, it's crazy. Like I went f- definitely growing up hip hop and house. That was what it was because you live in the hood. But because I was growing up in Pilsen, it was a lot of like bachata, reggaeton, like cumbia, salsa. Like I learned a lot of those Latin rhythms, too, and those dances. And when I started to teach Zumba, it was real easy to go into that because that's what it is. It's majority Latin rhythm. So so it was that that's kind of like a part of me, too. But now I would say it's mostly mostly hip hop. Like that's what I teach now. Yeah. And what, what do you like to dance to? Like what specifically? What you know? Songs I don't. Or I, yeah, I don't see when I say hip hop. That's hard because I really just like uh, music with a message, positive message. I don't really like trap music. If you ever get into a conversation with me, it'll turn into an argument when it comes to trap music because I don't support it. Um, what, it just, why? Yeah, I think it's um, it's not positive. It's degrading and it's backwards. Yeah. We're trying to progress as humanity. And I think a lot of those words and terms that are used specifically towards women are extremely derogatory. And I think women in specific need to stop supporting that. Yeah. And that's just my strong yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there is definitely rap that when I say rap, there's definitely hip hop that is positive. And I think where it comes from is positive. But I went to Albizu Campos and I heard good stuff. Right. I heard good poetry. I heard good music. And I know that is it's possible. Um, and I know, you know, there's controlling factors that decide what gets put out and so forth. So I think taking that into consideration um, as the, a conscious person, but we got to stop supporting the bad stuff, yeah. in my opinion. And that all, I mean, I think what happens, too, is that because certain stuff gets put on, it also influences other artists to bend towards the norm. 
and fit into a mold that has been predetermined by people who are not of the culture. Absolutely. But this is what sells and this is what we could commodify. Right. And so it alters, you know, unnaturally what then the content is. Mm-hmm. Um, so who do you vibe with, support, like, listen to while you're dancing, teaching, these kinds of things? What artists, like, you know, can you put us on to? Yeah, well, for my classes, I try to stay local. So, like, I'll do a lot of King Marie. I'll do um, Lay Dominic, who's from Boneyard. Um, I try to do just, like, a ton of local artists, as long as their music is yeah cool. You know, right. like, it's not bad stuff, you know, calling women the B word and so forth. Right. Um, but I'm, glad, like, I'm glad you, I, I'm glad, at Young Chicago Walters, we also... Uh, in our open mic and at our events, we um, we we have what we call a safe space or a brave space rule where men don't have access to that word because I don't think that men should have access to that word. Agreed. I I understand and believe in the power of uh, repossessing and and you know flipping a word on its head. And if women feel they want to do that with such language, all power to y'all but i don't think that dudes have access to that language in the same way i don't think white folks have access to the n-word yeah that's exactly how i explain it to people and yeah and and so in our space like we also then have like a ton of young rappers many of whom are women many of whom are men and the fellas sometimes early on are like what i can't but you know but then it's like no fam we're also teaching language and you have a billion more things you could say and i don't think you mean what you're actually saying here i just think you know you've been taught this trope by the culture and we can do better yeah and inevitably i then get to hear a lot of young people do a lot better which is also very exciting once you kind of put such stipulations on what you want to consume exactly yeah yeah so i lit so that's what we i try to stay super local i mean every once in a while i'll play something more popular but in like my personal preference in music is like old music it's motown it's a lot of prince mm. um my mom and my dad you know grew up in the 60s so that's kind of what was given to me and then my older brother and my older sister were grew up in the 80s so then i got like really in tune with like debarge and like prince and stuff like that so that's really like my taste but I don't teach that. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of people my age that <laughs> that do like that. that. Like music. there used yeah, to be yeah. a Motown night at Beauty Bar, like every other month or something. I don't know if they still do it, but that was like the only time I would go out at night was to just hear my music. But yeah, that's like my personal preference. But yeah. I try to stay local everywhere. I love King Marie's album. It's beautiful. Anything with like a positive message, you know? Like I really, I really mess with it. Yeah. So you you put on very heavy for Chicago, and. You're a person who, because of the work you do, I would imagine you are optimistic about the city, but given the history of struggle and you have it in your family and of course you're a, you know, you're versed in the, 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 you know, the history of the city and the history of the country. How do you remain that way doing all the work you do despite this, you know, horrific historical record? Yeah. Um, I think that the record is still pretty horrific currently. Yeah. So, um, and obviously the history has contributed to that, um, and laid the foundation for it to continue the way that it is, including the police department and everything else that goes to politics and everything that goes into that. Um, but I think my whole life's mission has been in creating alternatives. So 
I think a lot of times, like, I don't call myself a community organizer anymore. I call myself a community architect because I want to build new things. I want to build alternatives to the alternative societies, essentially, to the society that oppresses my people. And when I say my people, that's anyone that lives in these underserved communities, how I grew up. And so... um I think that's the that's the only way to get through it is to see something different for it, you know. And so like I work with a lot with Jose Lopez and and he helped, he's really been like a major mentor for me in my life and all of the amazing things that he's built in Humble Park and how they still got their stuff up there even through all this gentrification yeah. that flag to flag will remain Puerto Rican, you know right, what I mean? Like right. it's inspiring um but it's also like, you know, it's it's a plan or it's like a example of an alternative. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Like gang members are not bad people. They were looking for an alternative, right? So what they were living in was, was hurt, was hurting them. So they were looking for a way out, looking for something different. Um, and so that's, that's my plan is I'm um, instead of trying to infiltrate the system and change it little by little and this and that don't make sense to me. I'd rather create an alternative, something that works for us, that was created for us um, because the current system was not. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, street organizations was just that it was a way to organize young people who didn't have a space necessarily to go and sometimes needed a uh, a separate familial structure in order to you know gain brotherhood and sisterhood inside of the neighborhoods that they were a part of right and then those street organizations were co-opted often part by you know and you know with forces in the government to turn them into something else too and they did yeah they succeeded. Yeah. Um, but they're not lost cause, you know, not in my eyes. Right. You know, those are still my people and I don't see them any differently because they joined those alternative, you know, societies. It's just they don't have any other option. So you're creating these spaces around the city. Um, you, you mentioned how old, how old is Healthyhood now? Three. Three. So still a baby. Right. Yeah. So what what is what is the, the future look like? For, for you and for, for Healthyhood? It's called Healthyhood Chicago, but I don't plan on staying in Chicago. I plan on trying to... I think Healthyhood's at a place where it's a model now. It can be duplicated anywhere. It's, there's underserved communities all over the country, um, and there's some cities that need it just as badly, if not more, than Chicago, Detroit being one of them. Um, and I think, as of right now, as soon as we can figure out how to actually sustain it monetarily because right now we just literally work on volunteer work like i am a volunteer technically i don't get paid we don't we've never received a grant at healthyhood um everything we've done has been self-sustained um so but i do see it expanding and i think that the more that i tell people about this the more people are going to want to support it because it's not as controversial as other issues it's a, it's a, this is a health issue this is you know, a humanity issue. There's there's a 20-year life expectancy gap that's in your face that's a solid fact here in Chicago and it's all over the country. Um, and so I think that it's going to grow. I think it's going to continue to happen as long as... I feel like a lot of times, like, nonprofit organizations, when they get bigger and they expand, they lose the integrity of what it was supposed to be. So that's my goal is to keep the integrity, which is a social justice and a community approach to healthcare, to wellness. Um, and we have three things that we think are necessary for that to happen. That's to exercise the body, educate the mind and awaken the conscious. You can't be a healthy person without those three things. Um, and so just 
the programming has to be a reflection of that. Um, but it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. I see that. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. How can people support? Um, you can go on our website. You can donate on there to our GoFundMe, which is just a general GoFundMe for right now repairs because our you know, we, we're in these old buildings, these old church buildings that need uh, repairs. Um, and then we also have a GoFundMe. We have a team of three of us who are going down to the border and we've been in uh, approved to go and teach dance and painting classes to the kids that are at those camps, um, concentration camps. Um, and so we're going to try to do that. So that would be a great thing to donate to. Um, and then come to some classes. Our community is open to everyone. It's interesting. Like when you come to our space, you think that it's going to be all people from the hood, but it's not. And I think that's why it's been able to stay. That's why it's self-sustainable because we get people from everywhere who come take advantage of these resources but because they're doing that they think they're doing it for themselves they're really contributing to this community to this alternative um and demonstrating like a different something that that community may have never seen before um all of our classes are like super super dope so come check one of those out you you should come check one of those out yeah yeah i get it i've, I've, t- I've taken a dance class before in my life you don't have to take dance so there's like okay. everything all right. oh, true. yeah yeah okay Lifted yoga. Okay. I don't, what, what is that? Lifted yoga. Yeah. You drink like a cannabis infused tea and then you go into like a meditation and then you um, go into a yoga practice, super light yoga practice. But that's another thing too. On Tuesdays, we have a, um, we have a clinic where a doctor helps people through the process of getting their medical cannabis cards. Um, and we have a campaign called Free the Hood, which is us trying to get the people who are in jail for marijuana charges out because it's about to be legalized. It's already legalized in a lot of places. But unfortunately, a lot of brothers and sisters are still locked up in our community, specifically underserved neighborhoods. Um, and so we're a part of that. We've worked with Chicago Normal. They were just at our Young and Woke Social this past Saturday. Um, and then there's a lot of those things that that people can attend we get the young and woke social happens twice a year if you're a woman of color entrepreneur we got the jefa's brunch we got cafe comadres which is a monthly meeting for mothers to discuss things that are going on in cps schools and how we can contribute as mothers to changing those things um so yeah we have the creatives uh coalition which is we get together every quarter, a bunch of us creatives, like I'm sure you know a ton of us, Christine, Pharaoh, Haley. Um, we get we all get together and we discuss things that affect us as creative. I call myself a creative in social justice. So um, we found out in one of those dinners that none of us had health insurance. Wow, right. Because uh, we're entrepreneurs. Right. So there's a lot of those things that you could get in tune with. Um, and where's the best place where people could be in tune? Uh, again, if you could give out socials and the website. Yeah. So the website is healthyhoodshylikechicago.com and then healthyhoodshy on Instagram. Instagram is the best place to get a class schedule because it comes out every Sunday for the week for that week. Bet. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I, I'm really excited about about uh, I, I've never been. I got to come see the space. Yeah. It's uh, filled with art. Yeah, no, I know. I've seen on IG. I know, um, you know, Kane has done some work in there. Each wall is a different artist of Chicago. That's fresh. Yeah. And the outside just got done by a Scent Rock, Lily Poor, and Bird Cap. Oh, word. That's what the, the whole okay. outside, yeah. Oh, dope. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And thank you so much for being in the Corner Store t- today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. 
Big up boss man Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.